Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to Are We There Yet? I'm Katie Gossett. And when babies are born, they immediately start to connect with people. They want to find out who's around them. But as they get older, certainly these days, when they want to form new connections, a lot of it happens online. The problem is you don't know who they're following and who's following them. One day he said, oh my goodness, I've got thousands of people that I'm supposed to be following and it's exhausting and you know, I don't want to be doing this anymore. <laughs> There have been warnings that the video space games can become addictive. Police have asked school teachers to keep an eye out for regular truants and in one Wellington school, temporary employment workers are being used to crack down on students who are skipping school to play electronic games in fun parlours. That's a clip from a news report back in 1981. But it's not just in games parlours anymore. Online is everywhere, anywhere and all the time. And it's not just about connecting with harmless aliens. When kids want to meet up with people, they do it mostly on social media. Here's our clinical psychologist, Catherine Gallagher. Social media, as we know, is part of our kids' lives. And for many, the question of how do we teach our children to be safe in this world, especially when it's a world that they might know more about than we do, can be quite anxiety-provoking for parents. So there's technology, but there's also the natural urge of a young person to reach out beyond the family unit and make new friends and form connections. And I found a show called Now Listen to Me that ran on RNZ back in 1977 that canvassed these same issues. Do you want to break away from home? I wouldn't call it breaking away. I'd like to still keep contact with my parents and I want to be part of them. But I still want to have my own life and I, I want to live it the way I am. So if we look at these two traditional areas of parental angst, that idea of our kids growing independent and moving away from us, plus new technology, you can see how the advent of the internet and social media kind of feel like they've brought all of our worst fears together. And there are some genuine risks out there. The people who are trawling the internet, getting information out of kids, are just so blimmin' good at it. It is scary. I don't know what these predators do, but I have some friends in the police force and it just it sounds horrific what can happen. So the more educated we are, the more we can help our children. Even as adults, you know, adults all the time are getting scammed by someone on the internet. You know, we don't pick it up. So how can we trust in children to pick it up? And the thing is, we probably can't. Here's an example. A teenage girl befriended my young son and the photo on Facebook was a picture of this absolutely stunningly gorgeous girl jumping off a boat in a bikini into a blue lagoon. And I was like, yeah, well, that's not real, but as a mother, I know that. As a young adolescent male, they just thought all their dreams had come true, you know, in one go. Now... 
the general consensus from many parents is don't make friends online with people you don't know in real life. If someone turned up to our house that we didn't know, would we invite them in? Or if they turned up with a paper bag over their head or looking a bit scary, you know, we have all these these signals that normally when we meet someone face to face that say, oh, actually, don't feel so safe around you. Online, we don't get those signals. And so we have to kind of look for other signals. But that can be a hard message to get across to young people, particularly when there's a bikini-clad girl involved. This girl was befriended and chatting and asking where you live and asking, oh, who are, you, who are your friends and what sort of things are you into? Oh, I said, no, you don't know her, you, you have to delete that. But, you know, long story short, it came back to bite us and the mum because we then started getting phone calls in the middle of the night. And as it turns out, that this person was not a 16-year-old girl at all. But how do they know? How can kids tell if they're being misled? Well, that's where we need to give them some advice on what to look out for. What conversations or what questions might you start to get concerned about? If someone's wanting to know too much about you, you know, or actually you get a request from someone you don't know who suddenly wants to get more and more intimate in terms of what they want to know about you, you know, that's a flag. And as I said at the start, this stuff is happening everywhere and any time. Where once we just had the one phone and the one TV, now everyone's got a device and a lot of people are connected 24-7. They can be sitting right next to us on the couch, all the while communicating with a middle-aged stranger from America. So we kind of have a perceived physical closeness and safety, but because of the device, they have access to the entire world. And that can clearly have some complications. And it's definitely more complicated than it was back in 1979. What do you think about television? I reckon it's all right if you watch a few programmes. That's fine, but when you get really heavy into it and the very violent programmes are untold bad for you. Well, I think we all know that what's out there on the internet now is much worse than the shoot-em-up shows of the 70s. And sometimes, probably all parents feel on some level, it would be great if we could just switch off the device end of story. But that's not practical. Restricting access absolutely has its place but in the long term we need to teach them how to be critical evaluators of that online world so that they can exist and thrive in this medium. So that means we have proper robust discussions with our kids about the pros and cons of social media and we don't freak out when they happen upon something they shouldn't. Maybe they might come across a site like that quite innocently. For me, I think it's communication and to make your child feel like they can come to you, that they're not going to get a bollocking. Because if they don't come and talk to us, how do we know what's worrying them? It's really important to know your child. And so if you see changes in their functioning, check in with them about what possible stresses are in their world. Of course, these stresses might have nothing to do with technology. But if you notice changes, don't sit back and wait, just check in. And we might find it easier to keep tabs on things if we've set some clear rules around online safety. What is okay to share online, whether it's words or images, and what is not okay to share? And the importance of having online friends that you actually know. All of these things um, are really important, just like you have rules about not hitting or what your bedtime is. Remember that you have influence over a lot of your child's world, even though they might try and remind us otherwise. And so you can have expectations around what is in that world. And then as they get older, you can start to let them negotiate what they want. It's good they learn to debate and put their own point of view across. But negotiation isn't about one person getting what they want completely. Negotiation is going to involve compromise. 
And part of that negotiation is them realising that if they're going to be on social media, then you're going to be on there too, carrying out random checks of their accounts and, dare I suggest it, being their Facebook friend as well. Know their world and who's in it, and this includes their online world. It is okay, in fact I'd say essential, to be a Facebook friend. As when a child is learning to be in this world, they often need additional scaffolding, and the fact that mum or dad might see or will see a post is often a good lesson. Another lesson is when kids find their own information has been taken by someone else and misused. Things like having my son's Facebook page hacked, I think it was about three or four times. You know, there would be comments put on his page that were quite um, suggestive of bullying, but it wasn't coming from him. And there can be a different way of learning that people on the internet aren't always who they claim to be. It made him very aware that... Yes, we've got all this lovely technology that supposedly gives us little insights into people, but it's not necessarily true. And if you want to stay in the loop for these dramas, it helps to have good communication with your child and to respect the fact that sometimes they may be able to teach you something. In other words... My daughter has just dipped a toe in the murky waters of Instagram, so chances are I'm going to have to do the same. One really good way of getting to know about their knowledge and thinking in this space is getting them to explain how things work to you, or signing you up to Facebook or Instagram, because then you can start a dialogue and they can be the expert and explain to you, which is a really good way to have insight. It's good also to use technology to your advantage, so jointly watch a TED talk about the topic or look up something online about how to be safe with technology. And even if your child leads that conversation, that's a really good way, because the content is what you both need to hear, but it's not coming from your mouth. Because, of course, we know that as they get older, anything that does come out of our mouths is likely to be annoying or tedious for them. No matter how cleverly you approach the issue of internet safety, some kids and young people will often say, yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know, and stop listening. Don't get put off. Remember the control over the access that you still exert and hit them where it hurts because this increases motivation for these and other really important conversations. I guess it's interesting to know how to cut through that because you sort of feel sometimes like that's a bit of a, a brick wall and it's hard to get them to, to really listen because you feel you have an important piece of information to impart. I think it's important to be pragmatic and make it about them. So if you get on your moral high horse and say, well, I have learned these things and what about what's going to happen in the future and oh my gosh, this is all very dire and desperate, that's not their world. That's your worries. And so I think that's where as parents we need to get down to their level and go very, very basically, if you're going to use this stuff, we've got some rules around how you use it. If you break those rules, then in fact you don't get to use it. Because developmentally and, and ethically and morally, Kids are actually at that level when they're little. They're not thinking about the big picture. Um, they actually need the line, and if they cross it, then this is what happens. And that's how you start learning around some of this stuff. And if they do break the rules or accidentally end up on some weird site, they'll cope, and so will we. After all, a lot of parenting is about dealing with things that don't quite go to plan. So why should this be any different? It's going to happen. you just got to be open about it, I think, and don't fly off the handle when it does happen. We've got to expect them to experiment and make mistakes. What we need to do is go into this whole world planning for the fact that mistakes are going to happen. What is the parameters we need to put around this stuff 
so that our children hopefully don't do anything they can't take back. And finally, when you're talking to your kids about this stuff, resist the urge to make it a lecture. We actually know that brains stop listening when we drone. It's drop and run. It's using opportunities when they come up on telly or this happened to a friend. It's those moments where if you drop and run a few important messages and repeat those messages, then that's far more likely to get in. And that's the show. Are We There Yet is produced and presented by me, Katie Gossett, and Adam McCauley does the mix. Our executive producer is Tim Watkin, and Nga Taonga Sound and Vision offers us the delightful snippets of historical audio. You can find other episodes of the show over at Apple Podcasts, or go to our podcast page at rnz.co.nz and check out some of our other offerings, like Our Changing World, which features stories about science from around the country. And coming up next time on Are We There Yet? We look at gender roles in children. What influence do we have? Do we, in fact, have any? And what's up with the pink aisle in the toy shop? Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A. FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.